Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today, in case you're wondering... You're going to write a check. You need to put August 17th, 2022 on it. Um, Ed Pataglianos co-hosting today. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Chris Woodward. Good morning. Fred Jackson's off today. He is. He's been off for a while. <laughs> he w- you can hear him later today on the noon program on this air network. Oh, that's right. He's saving up. Yeah, <laughs> he's saving up and resting up for the uh, resting that for, for, his, for his solo flight uh, at noon central, noon noon five mm-hmm. uh, as he will be sitting in for Bishop E. W. Jackson. So yeah, Fred's uh, Fred is one of those uh, utility players yeah. that a baseball team has that you can, can play. put him on third and he plays. You can put him on a catcher. You can put yeah. him out in the outfield. Doesn't matter. Fred can play them all. That's right. Now you know what that some people say: jack of all trades and master of none. Master of none, but I don't think that describes Fred. Uh, yeah, Do I, don't you, huh? so. I don't think so. Because it, it's it's radio, it's news, it's right. opinion. All those shows are right. have that in common. He's also yeah. an alien. That's true. Not <laughs> like a lizard person. <laughs> yeah, but you had me going there for a minute, Chris. <laughs> I was going to say, is there something you saw that you need to tell us about? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor yeah, deny those yeah. reports. I came in an hour early. <laughs> and uh, He's an alien from Canada. Right. I swear I heard him uh, say, nanu, nanu. Mm, is that what? The, oh, that, yeah. Uh, Mork and Mindy. I got you. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us, everybody. Ed, tell folks how they can uh, engage this show on what you affectionately call that there internet. That's right. We uh, have a, there's a number of ways you can access the programming yes. here. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to listen to audio, of course, if you're listening right now, you're listening probably on you've a terrestrial that radio station. You've yes, chosen that path. That's right. Yeah. But if you're going to be traveling and you still want to listen to American Family Radio, download the AFR app. Listen, this has been a game changer for us. People can listen all over the world, literally, as long as you have a strong enough signal. And we encourage you to uh, tell your friends and family members, members of your church, your neighbors, about the AFR app so that they can listen to AFR programming. Also, if you want to watch us do this Mm -hmm, radio program mm -hmm. and Looking at the faces around me who here, wouldn't, the table, right? who wouldn't? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to watch the, the the GQ GQ GQ? I'm yeah. J. I'm joking. Yeah, I think that's G sagging. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Uh, you can do it old school by going to Facebook or YouTube and search for today's issues. That's the name of this program. Click through, and you can watch the video stream of today's issues. Uh, if you would like to really join the movement of the future. All right, go to streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. That is our streaming platform, and you can watch us do this radio program. All you have to do is uh, create an account. If you don't have one already, you simply – about two minutes maybe? Yeah. And then then you're in? And then you're in. Yeah, Yeah, uh, Username, password, email address, 
and uh, you can watch us. Do now, it's not screaming.afa.net. <laughs> right. I think that's, that's a horror, our job. I think that's a horror movie uh, right. trailer right, right. there. Screaming.afa.net. Streaming. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, again, thank you for joining us, everybody. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at afr.net comments at afr.net not a good morning for one liz cheney yeah she might feel like screaming this morning uh representative liz cheney lost her republican uh house primary last night in wyoming it was not close uh depending on the news outlet you're going to get a little bit of a different percentage here but uh the new york times with 95 percent reporting they said that cheney lost to her republican challenger harriet hageman Hageman had 66% of the vote. Cheney had 29%. And it's not because there were other people running. Uh, the two other challengers, one of them had 3%. The other had 1%. This is the Republican primary uh, for the one and only House of Representatives mm-hmm. member from the state of Wyoming. Wyoming is the least populated state in the union. 577,000 people. So they have two senators and one congressperson. And Liz Cheney is that person, but uh, as of January, she will be out of office because her challengers, you say, defeated her in the Republican primary. She was the challenger um, whose name is you said it a while ago, Hagerman. Yep. Mm-hmm. She was uh, supported by President Trump, and Liz Cheney has been on the January sixth committee. And basically siding with Nancy Pelosi and company and attacking President Trump. And uh, that's that's her downfall mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, I think the last primary she was in, uh, she won 70% oh, yeah. 70% yeah, yeah. of the vote. And so this, I think, is directly attributable to her opposition to President. Not just, not just disagreement with President no, Trump. No, no. Okay, she... Clearly hostile to the president. Yes, and um, I, that's what that's what happened. Now, I have a bit I'll of say, audio here. I, I, well, I'll, I'll just say this: she had her principles and she stuck to them, mm-hmm. and she believed in what she was doing. I have respect for that. The thing I don't I don't like people being sneaky about what they believe, and I'll give it to Liz Cheney. She was not deceptive, and she paid the political price. Yeah. So. I have some audio here. I have it in two installments. Reason being, uh, it's way too long for radio to try to do the whole thing. Uh, So to Ed's point here, what you're going to hear is Congresswoman Liz Cheney standing by her actions in last night's concession speech. Clip one. This is not a game. Every one of us must be committed to the eternal defense of this miraculous experiment called America. And at the heart of our democratic process are elections. They are the foundational principle of our Constitution. Two years ago, I won this primary with 73% of the vote. I could easily have done the same again. The path was clear. But it would have required that I go along with President Trump's lie about the 2020 election. It would have required that I enable his ongoing efforts to unravel our democratic system and attack the foundations of our republic. That was a path I could not and would not take. Now, that was not really the controversial part of last night's speech. Uh, She then went on to say that she conceded the election. She's not going to challenge it or anything. She, in in fact, called Hageman to 
you know, congratulate her on the victory. Well, good with a twenty-five point. Oh, yeah, loss. Yeah. I'm glad we don't have a recount. Right. Yeah. It would not would not be close. Uh, the controversial part today is the fact that Liz Cheney, in a roundabout way, compared herself to Abraham Lincoln. Clip two. No house seat, no office in this land is more important than the principles that we are all sworn to protect. And I well understood the potential political consequences of abiding by my duty. Our republic relies upon the goodwill of all candidates for office to accept honorably the outcome of elections. And tonight, Harriet Hegeman has received the most votes in this primary. She won. I called her to concede the race. This primary election is over, but now the real work begins. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. So she didn't say, I am Abraham Lincoln, but the fact that you bring it up in a speech where you just said, I'm st- I'm, you know, I made my bed, I'm sticking with it. Some people are saying she's comparing herself to Abe Lincoln. What say you, Ed? Well, listen, uh, I am kind of like George Washington in this way. That uh, Are you identifying? Uh, <laughs> are you self-identifying as Who George Washington? Judge, you know? I, I, listen, I'm not going to be too hard on Liz Cheney. This is a humiliating loss for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, saying something about, I've used the example of Lincoln to, to challenge high schoolers that are, you know, uh, graduating, you, you, you use that example of someone who's lost and lost and lost Lincoln lost a number of elections before becoming uh president. I don't really have a, a problem with that. I, 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 I think she's, people are trying to decide whether she's hinting that she's going to run for president or if she's simply going to be, you know, kind of in a, you know, a uh, private sector position or working for a nonprofit, whatever. I, I don't I, I think it's hyperbole on her part to imply that, like Lincoln, save the union. Mm-hmm. She needs to do something about Trump to save save the union. I, I understand where the far left is coming from and and accusing uh, former President Trump. Uh, of uh, trying to destroy the republic right. with the January 6th thing. I expect that <clears throat> yeah. from the far left. I, I'm not quite sure why she considers – I guess she just agrees with them that pre- former President Trump is a is an actual threat to our republic. That's kind of ridiculous. Actually, Liz Cheney was a real conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, her yeah. voting record demonstrates that. Uh, in fact, uh, one, one – uh, Source said she voted with President Trump 93% of the time in terms of their agenda items yeah. and policy items. So, yeah. Uh, she, anyway, but bottom line is uh, she's out, and there'll be a new congresswoman from, uh, from the uh, state of Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, that state. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's. Wyoming. Let's mention this because uh, Ed mentioned the fact that some people are talking about whether or not she might run for president in 2024. 
Uh, Fox, as a number of news outlets often do when things like this get floated out there, they'll, they'll go do what's called man-on-the-streets segments. That's where they take the microphone and a camera, and they interview random people. Chris, that's person on the street now? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Come sir. On. Chris, you're going to get us banned off YouTube. Yeah. Well, he, you know, in his defense, he's not a biologist. <laughs> well, duly noted, Very Ed. true. I got a BA in communication, which is worth a paper I'm holding in my hand. But mm. anyway... Uh, Fox went and did one of these man on the street or person on the street segments, and they asked various people, uh, do you think, and these are people in Wyoming, do you think Liz Cheney should run for president? Now, this is over a minute long. If you want to bail out of it, just say so. Uh, but this is random people weighing in on whether Liz Cheney should run for president in a couple of years. Clip four. I don't think I would support her in a presidential run. No, please. No, 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 no. I wouldn't support her as a dog catcher. I think she should to do whatever she's built best for herself and for the nation. Oh, no, absolutely not. And we've heard that, too. So, But I don't know that she will if she loses here. 2024, it's too, way too soon for her. I think there's going to be too many uh, things in her background that people are going to remember. Two years from now, no. Um, I think she would be a great option for our nation and... I mean, more power to her if she decides to do that in 2024. I'd vote for her. Why that? We need women, strong women with powerful decision-making and fair. All right, that's enough. Uh, I love the music in the background. I can't imagine she's going to run. Where where would she get her votes from? Because she's... She's been basically kicked out of the Republican Party. She couldn't get a majority of Wyoming's. And she's right. way Wyomingans? too. Con- I don't know, what are they called? And she's way too conservative to run as a Democrat. So right. I don't know. Maybe. I, I did look. Uh, she's 56, which is not old. Uh, Thank you. So so if let's say she gives it 10 years. Uh, it would not be uncommon for somebody in their 60s to be running for president. Well, just as we were talking, we have a Fox News feed on uh, the television. In our studio, it says that she will be uh, uh, launching an anti-Trump organization. So that's what we need. One more. Yes. We need one more anti-Trump uh, group out there. You, you, you know? if you're going to start a nonprofit yeah. and use your political background and experience to help the country. Why focus it so narrowly on yeah. one person? What if President Trump decides not to run? I, I know that's a, a a slim chance for that to happen, but then the organization you just started has no purpose. Yeah. Why don't yeah. you have something more general in mind that starts off with? I would is just enjoy Wyoming. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful state. Sure. Well, I, she's she, I think, has to do something to Pretty try Pretty ambitious. To, yeah, because th- th- that humiliating defeat especially as trump was kind of needling her as well mm-hmm. it that's hard to let go of i'm guessing well yeah. and some people uh and even some people have kind of alluded to this on their facebook comments today while watching the show it sounds like according to some people from wyoming she lives in the beltway and vacations in wyoming which is that's one a lot reason that, why people that, didn't she, vote that describes a lot of congress people it's very right. true huh nancy pelosi is they're washingtonians a lot of them, they they and they, especially the longer they've lived, they they don't go. They go back to their district every or their state just every so often. Yeah. All right, you're listening to today's issues. Next story, Chris. Uh, let's do the Inflation Reduction. Oh, Act. let's do it, Chris. Yes. I, yeah, that's what I'm uh, here for. I'll take refle- uh, in, in 
Inflation reduction for three hundred, Chris. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, President three hundred soon to require five hundred, <laughs> right? Um, President Biden uh, he cut his little vacation time uh, with Joe Biden and others short to come back to Washington. Who did? Uh, Joe Biden. The president cut his vacation short. Yeah. You know, well, Jill stayed behind because she has tested positive. She's got COVID. COVID. Right. Right. So he he comes back to Washington to sign the Inflation Reduction Act, and that's what it's called. Sure. Uh, We've referred to it on the uh, on the newscasts as the so-called Inflation Reduction Act uh, for various reasons, including the fact that just about everybody on the center-right side of things has said it's not going to reduce inflation by any stretch. But just to give you a few bullet points here, it calls for Congress uh, to negotiate drug prices with Medicare. It puts up a bunch of money uh, to build more and install more windmills and turbines and uh, things of that sort. Turbines. Turb- yeah. Turbines. turbines. You wear turbines on I'm from the head. South. Johnny <laughs> Quest. Yeah. I think Johnny Quest. <laughs> Windmills. Anyway, uh, yeah. so a lot of people are saying this is not going to reduce inflation. It's a silly name. And I've got one example of just uh, one guy saying as much. It's Chuck DeVore, a former state lawmaker from California. He's now with the Texas Public Policy Foundation. And he told me in AFN that the Inflation Reduction Act is not a good bill. Clip five. Number one, it has very little to do about inflation. Number two, it'll actually increase inflation. And number three, all it does is massively grow government and taxes. Uh, And so uh, people, I think, need to to appreciate the fact uh, that this bill has been packaged as something that it's not. Uh, and should not uh, um, expect any relief, especially with regards to electrical prices, uh, anytime soon. Now, one of the reasons why people are saying that it's not going to bring you relief with electricity prices is because the frequent complaint about so-called alternative energy methods is that they're not affordable. They're not cheap. They're not efficient. Because of all the things they're going to have to do to even try to replace natural gas and coal, it's going to make it that much more expensive which is why they're saying it's not true when Biden says this is going to lower your energy cost. And yesterday, if you did not watch it, as I did and many others, uh, Biden referred to this bill as a, quote, godsend for many American families. He did. I did not bring the audio in, but it, you can find it online. You can read the transcript. His, his favorite expression is, what in God's name? Yes. And, huh? Is that, is that, but he no, does, Biden, he says that all Every the, other all, speech. All so what, what God is he talking about? First of all, that was Chuck DeVore. Mm-hmm. Said, so were you interviewing him? Like, was he under the sink doing <laughs> some plumbing work? That's what, a great what, question. What, what, I should have clarified. That sounded. I was away on my lunch break when I, when I, when he called. So I was like, I got my tablet. I'm going to record it. And there you go. So it was me in my car. Uh, with the AC running because it's sweating weather here in Mississippi. Listen, you know, I, I, I just get the strangest feeling if if the Democrats remain in power. And, folks, we've said this many times. We're not talking about your parents' Democratic Party. We're talking about a party that has been captured by the radical left. If they remain in power, it, it looks to me increasingly like we're going to wind up like Venezuela mm-hmm. with these uh, nation-crushing changes that they are going to ram through, especially on the gr- on the quote unquote green uh, New Deal front, uh, we are just going to wind up with higher everything, and it's not going away. Well, I think you know we could by next summer perhaps have you know rolling blackouts, brownouts that, like I do in California. Right. Yeah, that uh, seven hundred billion dollars. How much was that? Uh, yes, yeah, seven hundred plus billion, something like that. Uh, that was that was a. Uh, Liberal wish list and slap a name on it has nothing to do with 
the actual bill and call so that you get Joe Manchin and mm-hmm. uh, to support it. The reduce infl- uh, reduce inflation. Inflation, inflation reduction. reduction act. Yeah. The redu- re- okay. So who can be against that? Right. Right. So you're voting against this bill, so you're for more inflation. Well, so see, see how this works. I I talked my wife last week into going yeah. for lunch to get some pizza. Yeah, and I told her this is the waistline reduction lunch, <laughs> and you need to get behind it. <laughs> and you know she just, wasn't she so, wasn't buying so it. So just hey, get behind listen, me in line. That's right. <laughs> in a day and age where we're supposed to just say a man is not a woman and it's not a recession, why can't you call uh, it that? Yeah, it's, all this is it, it is uh, a, a lot of. Uh, the progressive green stuff, but uh, a lot, a lot of it is just uh, to show the public that Biden and the Democrats are doing something. Mm-hmm. You know and and it has bumped up his approval rate oh, yeah. some, a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, in the eyes of some, he looks more presidential than his predecessor. And when people, he doesn't talk, like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the things that uh, people should be aware of here is that when you lump these amount of spending here with the so-called Inflation Reduction Act with the other stuff that Biden and congressional Democrats have ran through in the last year and a half, it amounts to nearly $4 trillion in spending since yeah, inauguration. That's the reason day. we have inflation. It is. Now, Biden has said that's not true. Back, I don't have this audio. We've played it before on the okay. show. But back in the spring, Biden was speaking to Democrats at a big ca- at a conference, and Biden said, I'm, I'm tired of people saying that government spending is causing yeah. inflation. It's not true. It's yeah. one of those moments where he yelled at people. That's uh, he, he anyway. He ha- I guess that that's all Democrats know how to do. Let's be honest. Spend, tax, spend tax, our money. Yeah, tax and spend. That's that's you're you're never going to hear them say. You know what? We've got a uh, reduce the deficit uh, bill, so we're going to cut spending by one percent across the board because we yeah. can't continue to do this any longer. Right. You're never going to hear them. Right. It's always we got some big program, some big plan, some big bill. That we want to pass, and it's billions and billions and billions of dollars. In fact, when Republicans, <clears throat> under President Obama's administration, when Republicans merely asked for a decrease in the increase every year of federal spending, so instead of going up 4%, they wanted to go up 2%, okay, so it's not even a cut. Mm-hmm. Democrats hammered them. This is back when Republicans oh, yeah. used to try you're to gonna, rein you're gonna in You're going to kill spending. Social Security. You don't, right. love, you don't love grandma. Right. All that All kind that of stuff. stuff. You don't believe in education. You're cutting education. No, we just want to mm-hmm. re- uh, cut back on the increase so that's less of an increase. And that was back when Republicans used to try to uh, control spending. One now of the other things spend they like um, everybody else. One of the other things they often do I'm getting is, bored with this topic, by the way. Well, I just so, wanted to point this so out I hope real we quick. can move on the next minute or two. One of the things Democrats do, in addition to spending our money willy-nilly, they always talk about how it's, it's government spending and whatever else. They never mention that it's tax dollars that's funding this kind of stuff. And Republicans, who always run not to lose because they're afraid of being right. criticized, never challenge them on it. So they need to be better communicators well, going re- forward. Republicans have spent their share of money, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we're in debt because so of decisions they made. It's, for sure, it's like the Republicans, the the Democrats, uh, the Republicans jog to the uh, end of America financially finish line. <laughs> the Democrats are sprinting. They're yes. Hussein Bolt, okay, <laughs> on the way to Venezuela. 
Uh, so that's the way that is. You know, there's a there's a there's there's a day of reckoning coming down the road somewhere, unless and it's going to be ugly, unless. America can borrow and borrow and borrow money mm-hmm. and, and never have to pay the consequences for how much they borrow. Yeah. They being us. Yeah. Huh? But well, uh, I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, I guess it'll happen in our lifetime. Yeah. Well, if it doesn't, uh, we're going to get our social security. It's bad to be the huh? bad to be the next one in line. <laughs> Tough to be a millennial. Yeah. All right, we'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. Abraham Hamilton up next. Forget about Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice, and is unbanning a word? They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need your YouTube. Banned one day, banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put it back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. My father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. The bells from St. Teresa the Little Flower Catholic Church ring 25 times a day in Memphis, Tennessee, morning, night, and noon. The saints be praised, but the non-Catholics, well, not so much. Some 400 residents who live near the church have signed petitions urging the church to ease up on all that bell ringing. One neighbor says the bells are so loud she can't hear her television programs. The Catholic Diocese of Memphis says the ringing of the bells is a proclamation of their faith and the exercise of their religious observance and duty. The neighbors say they're not heathens, they just want a little bit of peace and quiet. St. Teresa's say they've turned down the volume, but tensions are rising, and now the attorneys are getting involved. Let's just pray nobody rings somebody else's bell. My book makes a great read, our daily biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl. It's available at ToddSterns.com. As it is written... 
What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Welcome back to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Battagliano and Chris Woodward, and we thank you for listening to this program and to American Family Radio. Well, on Wednesdays at this time, Abraham Hamilton III joins us most uh, most weeks when he's available. He is the um, host of the Hamilton Corner, heard each afternoon here on AFR from 5.05 to 6 o'clock Central Time. Many of you listen to Abe's show, the Hamilton Corner. He's also a constitutional attorney and his own staff, obviously, with us here as our general counsel at AFA. So good morning to you, Abe. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, they don't recognize that term. <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> oh, you're talking about us. Nobody acknowledged okay. it. <laughs> Chris is looking at Ed. Ed's looking at Chris. Who's yeah. he talking to? Gentlemen. <laughs> he was trying to pay you guys a compliment. There's nothing gentle about us, brother. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Chris, fire away with the topic. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I wanted to bring, before uh, Chris gets to uh, Title IX and the Biden administration, Abe, just wanted to mention uh, what happened in Florida. Some good news. Some good news with Governor DeSantis there and his administration. The you running for president? Uh, yeah, no, no, I have, have not heard of that, but uh, you'll hear it here first. Um, no, the uh, Agency for Healthcare Administration in that state, in Florida, which handles uh, Medicaid for Floridians, has uh, adjusted its rules and regulations this summer so that Medicaid funding will not be allowed uh, to be used for um, – those suffering from gender dysphoria, which means, you know, no sex reassignment surgery, no puberty mm-hmm. blockers, mm-hmm. Um, you know, no hormone therapies. And uh, they, the, uh, the press release or the statement regarding this said that, that that policy was in place now because all these procedures I just mentioned, uh, they are not based on good medical practice. They are experimental and... What we don't know about the harms of these kinds of procedures uh, means that we do not want to use uh, Medicaid funding for it. This is a really great thing that Governor DeSantis and I I guess whatever uh, legislative oversight might have been used, but this agency's uh, decision to not use Medicaid funds, this is a great thing that uh, they did, and I hope it uh, spreads. What's your take on it? Yeah, I, I'm grateful that Governor DeSantis uh, made that decision. I played on my show um, testimony from a young lady named Chloe Cole, who is a is from California and underwent uh, sex re uh, well not sex reassignment surgery. They're calling it gender affirming care, um, where she got a double mastectomy as a minor. You know, and now she is uh, an adult. Um, who regrets 
that. And she testified in a hearing on this very issue in the state of Florida. Uh, and, and just to to, to c- confirm and affirm the fact that, yes, these these so-called treatments are experimental. And in many instances, they are they're damaging and dangerous. There are things that she has done to her body uh, that cannot be reversed, you know, and she went through a phase which she and according to her own testimony, uh, if she would have just been allowed to continue growing, uh, she never would have uh, she would have grown out of the phase where she thought she was a boy. And now she is living as the woman that she is and testified in a hearing in Florida uh, to bolster the decision by the the agency there to exclude those treatments from their Medicaid program. And so I'm glad that they are actually following the science, unlike uh, Dr. Frauci and her the scarf lady who lies, who admits she lies now, uh, Deborah Burke. <laughs> Uh, but by the way, I just want to mention uh, the, the studies that I've I've read, Abe, you probably have covered this as well, indicate that the vast majority of young people who show some degree of confusion, uh, g- gender confusion, even sexual orientation confusion uh, early in their lives, by the time they get out of high school, a lot of them mm-hmm. have settled into, you know, the reality of their, their gender, let's say, and since we're discussing it. So performing these kinds of irreversible uh, surgeries, giving puberty blockers, a lot of this, uh, the results of that uh, process are also irreversible. Uh, This is, I think, hopefully it's not going to be five years, 10 years, but I certainly hope the medical profession will snap out of its uh, allegiance to woke ideology to think about what's best for the young people. I agree with you wholeheartedly. The, the, the science does indicate that, indicate what you just said. The studies indicate what you just said. Uh, we need the medical profession in our country to get out of advancing ideological and cultural preferences and to get back to doing hard science, you know, because these things have grave consequences. And, and many of the consequences, we don't even know what they all are yet. Yet they're encouraging things like you know, puberty blockers and cross-sex hormone, hormones for children. It's just, it's not only wrong, it's absurd, and it's it's evil, yeah. and it's 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 dangerous. Well, congratulations to uh, Governor DeSantis in the state of Florida for saying we're not paying for this. You yes. want to change your sex or manipulate your body or pop pills to make you less hairy or more hairy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, huh? <laughs> Then uh, go for it, but 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 Florida's not paying for it. Right. That was probably an inarticulate way of expressing my viewpoint right there. I agree with that. <laughs> but it clarified the issue. But, but, Sometimes you got to be blunt with people. <laughs> but I mean, that's what he's saying, and that's right. what Florida's saying. We're not paying for that. Next, uh, yeah. next topic. Yeah. All right. What what else do you got for a? Bill? Yeah, I had a question related um, to this, and right? this is something we have been covering and continue to cover on AFN.net. In recent weeks, Abe, as you are probably aware. Uh, the Biden administration informed schools that apply for and receive money to pay for lunches, so free and reduced lunches. Uh, Is that Title Nine? Yes. The Biden what, what's admi- Title Sixteen, Chris? Uh, that I, I'd <laughs> have you to research look. that for I'll get back us. To you on that. Okay, but Title Nine is, is school lunches, uh, Chris. Yeah, well, title. The reason it factors into Title Nine is because <laughs> the Biden administration wants to redefine the word sex to include mm-hmm. gender identity. And as a result of that, the Biden administration said schools asking us for money to pay for free and reduced lunches, they must agree with us that sex 
includes gender identity. And Abe, if it wasn't for ADF getting involved on behalf of a religious school in a life Tampa, defending freedom, yeah, yeah, Grant Park Christian Academy. If it wasn't for the ADF lawsuit, uh, religious schools would not be getting an exemption here. But uh, that's a little bit from the point here. What do you think about this heavy-handed effort from the administration that you must agree with us in order to get money? Yeah, there's a case in in Tennessee. Uh, right now uh, that's in litigation over this very issue and what's happening and and we want I warned on the Hamilton corner we warned through AFA what's happening is that the Biden administration is seeking to apply the rationale from the Bostic case if you recall a couple mm-hmm. a year or two back no maybe Supreme two court. years now uh, from the U.S. Supreme Court to where that very the very issue before the court was whether uh, the prohibition against discrimination on the basis of sex includes gender identity and actual or perceived sexual orientation. You'll remember there was a funeral home owner who was a Christian out of Michigan who had hired a, hired a guy as a guy uh, who worked with grieving families. And then during the course of his employment, he decided he was no longer a guy. And as a result, he was, was should be allowed to come to work dressed as a woman. The funeral home said, well, we have a dress code. And we don't want you to become an issue for grieving families who were introduced to you as Bob, so to speak. And now you're saying you're Betty. That's obviously not the real names, but just for the sake of the point. Mm -hmm. Well, ultimately, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in the Bostic case in the employment context only, however, that the, the prohibition against discrimination on the basis of sex in the Civil Rights Act of 1964 includes sexual orientation gender and gender identity though the ruling was explicitly ap- applicable to the employment context i warned that the biden administration and others would try to employ that same rationale across the entire spectrum of civil rights law which is what is happening right now with title nine title nine does not include gender identity and sexual orientation in it but the biden administration is forcing that interpretation onto the law. And so it is requiring public schools and schools all across the country to not only at adopt their interpretation of Title IX, but to affirmatively look for ways and opportunities and circumstances to expand that application. For example, in the state of Mississippi, there was a Fairness in Sports Act that was passed. Senator Angela Hill was a sponsor for the mm-hmm. legislation that prohibits biological males from competing in sports with biological f- with females. Well, that reading of Title IX from the Biden administration would actually conflict with state law as it conflicts with state law in Tennessee and other places. But what you're seeing happening is a full court press from the Biden administration to impose their policy preferences on the nation through executive fiat. And so this is a fight that I think you can expect to happen across the country, not just in one isolated silo, but across the country in public schools and schools in general who get federal dollars, the government through the Biden administration says, okay, kind of like the mob boss, if you want this money, then you're going to have to comply with our cultural prerogatives, regardless of the current status of the law. All right, what are you going to be talking about this afternoon on the Hamilton Corner? <laughs> I probably will expand on this a bit more because it, it, it's insidious and it's included in public school documentation that they, they have to fill out as school is starting back right now. Schools, many of them have signed off on this, acknowledging that they will comply with the Biden administration's interpretation and that they will seek to implement these policies. And many of them haven't even read the documents that they've signed, but binding themselves to do it regardless if they have those policies in place or not. Well, you take federal tax dollars, all these strings are attached, and it depends on who the administration is. It's a Republican or Democrat. And with Democrats, they want to use 
the strings mm-hmm. uh, to strangle uh, school districts, states, and, and impose the quote pro- progressive agenda. And the and, uh, like with this Title Line discussion we've been having, either you promote LGBTQ or you don't get any money for your kids to eat lunch. Mm-hmm. That's what right. that's what Joe Biden is saying. Right now, that's and, what. And we're, a part of the problem, many of these states have laws that the federal government will require these right, states and school contradict. districts to violate their own law. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. To comply. So, uh, also another problem is the administrative state we now have in our country uh, with uh, all these agencies, which we can't even name them all. And and and, that, and <clears throat> what's what's happened is the Congress uh, delegated the they, the Congress. The House of Representatives, namely, is constitutionally responsible for uh, expenditures mm-hmm. by the federal government, right? Doling out the money. They control the purse uh, strings. What, what, yeah, some purse strings. Well, what's happened over these last few decades is our federal government has grown into a monstrosity, and nobody, nobody even – and so the Congress, all they do is just give money over to these agencies. Right. And then these agencies, if if are uh, usually, they're the leaders of these agencies are controlled by uh, whoever's in power in the White House, mm-hmm. be a Republican or Democrat, and so there's little or no accountability for how these agencies uh, spend money or how they oppress uh, or, or regulate the American people. Uh, so that's one, that's something called the swamp right there. Right. Okay. That's the, that's, that's part of the definition of the swamp. And it's, it's going to be a long-term fight to get that under control. Because as I say, the, uh, Congress, many congressmen, you ask them what's in this bill. I don't know. Right. Huh? Have you read it? It's nope. 2000 pages. Uh, no, have you read it? My staff's reading it, Yeah. you know? Well, you got 48 hours and you got to vote on billions and billions of dollars, that kind of thing. This is one of the main things that President Trump was fighting when he came into office. And of course, we all know what what's happened, uh, the fight back by the deep state and the administrative state and the Democrats and the media uh, against him. Uh, and and it's, as I say, this is going to be a long-term fight because uh, – uh, it just is. Conservative principles in the federal government are not popular with a lot of people, including a lot of American voters, because they don't want to be told no about getting money. Right. Huh? Mm. Watch what happens with the student loan, quote, forgiveness. Yeah. They were talking about this. T- uh, I was here listening to this. Bye, Abe. See you, brother. Go, <laughs> go, go be a daddy. Right. We'll see you this afternoon. You don't need to listen to All me right. rant. You got ranting of your own to do. Okay. That's, that's right. Abe, Abe Hamilton. Uh, but I was, uh, where was I? What was I talking about? You were talking about, about the student, f- loan student loan forgiveness. Oh, yeah. They were talking about, uh, the, you know, the President Biden is considering canceling student debt up to $10,000. Mm-hmm. And that's the way they described it in this media report is canceling. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, no, he's not. He's just transferring the debt. Right. He's saying to the those uh, students who owe uh, for their loans that they took out to go to college, he's saying, I'm going to take that debt from you and give it to the American taxpayer. It's not forgiveness. There's no wand he's waving to say, you you know, this is all going to go away. Somebody has to pay it. 
Right. <clears throat> so, but that's what he's doing now. That's the latest gimmick they're t- going to try to use to get votes, and it'll work to a certain extent oh, yeah. if he's able if he's able to do it. So, uh, that, we got a lot of educating to do. Uh, I will say, for our fellow Americans, I am one of those Americans that still has student loan debt. Um, for uh-huh. for a, for a number of years. Uh, we we deferred them through a thing called income-based repayment, which is something virtually every student loan holder has to go through, and it, it determines what your pay is for the coming year. And for some years, they were like, you know what, your, your payment's going to be zero. Now I've since started uh, paying it back in. I don't owe a lot, but um, if he were to, and I'm using air quotes here, forgive me of my student loan, that means people, taxpayers listening to the sound of my voice would be responsible yes. for my education yes. choices that is not right. I am yes. working. I am current. I am paying it off. Paying. It's not fair for you, AFR listener, to be yeah. paying for my education choices, which is why a lot of people have said it's not right for people in government to just decide this without oh, being It's certainly not right for told. one man, the president, to unilaterally decide billions and billions of dollars will not be paid back to the federal government. Instead, I'm going to pass pass that on my decision alone right. to the uh, – to the taxpayer, mm-hmm. put it, put it, just put it on our national debt tab, is what he's saying. And you know, a couple of things there. Uh, this is kind, of, this is unfair to the people who have been responsible. It is, and have paid their their kids' college right. education. Who's going to give them? They their don't money? get reimbursed. Yeah, right. you're going to you're going to reimburse me, or I'm going to be penalized because <laughs> because I did pay it off. You know how, and how far do how far how far do we go back here? Oh sure, yeah. You see a lot of people joking on Twitter, like, "Well, I mean, what's why not do mortgage forgiveness? Like, you know, why don't you just yes. pay my house off and you know things?" Well, they've done they've done uh, they've done rent forgiveness. Oh yeah, right or delayed. Uh, they, they want to cancel rent, as they call it. Yeah, cancel yeah. rent. That's so. one of the squads. You know, I think goals, one of yeah. the reasons why Joe Biden and others do this, including some Republicans that have been in office for have been in office for my entire lifetime. They're so comfortable there, and they're so detached from the real world, and they have this unending pot of somebody else's money. That's why they they make all these harebrained decisions, because mm-hmm. it's not their money they're spending. Right. It's somebody else's, in this case, taxpayers. Next story, Chris. Hey, and before we do move on, yes. uh, Chris, <clears throat> you mentioned AFN a number of times. Yes. Tell our listeners, in case they don't know what you mean by AFN, it stands for American Family News let our listeners know a little bit about it and how they can get it. Yes, AFN, or American Family News, is our website. So you can visit our website at AFN.net, and AFN, again, stands for American Family News. When you hear us at the top of every hour on American Family Radio and other stations that run our newscasts, you hear me plug and the other guys plug this website. A lot of the stories that you hear at the top of every hour end up as print articles on AFN.net. But in addition to stories from me and Steve and Charlie and everybody else, uh, there's a ton of content here. We've got AP headlines. We've got videos. We've got columns, cartoons of the day. And Rusty Pugh, the legendary Rusty Pugh, uh, puts together a section every day, latest from the web. And it's various articles uh, trending on the Internet. So you don't even have to visit websites. You can find a ton of information by going to our website, AFN.net. And if you register today for our daily emails, mm-hmm. we're going to cancel your home mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Huh? yes. So, so tongue in cheek, take, folks. Take it. Take advantage of that. Tim said. 
Yeah. I'll tell you, if you got to explain tongue-in-cheek to people on that one, Ed, they need, don't need to be listening. They, <laughs> I will need, tell to be, you they need to be studying something. I'll <laughs> tell you an interesting story about our daily email news briefs. Um, Jody Brown can give you more information on this. Jody's our editor for AFN.net. Uh, but several years ago, we did kind of an analysis and were able to determine that uh, one of the largest groups or audience out there that uh, clicks and opens up our emails and stuff like that as far as the email news brief were people in California. Now, we don't have a large station presence there in California. There are places that air our uh, content and news. Uh, but, you know, there are people in California that care, that want to make a difference in their community, and they are making a difference in their community. And we reached all, all, all 12 of them. <laughs> we did, <laughs> with, yes. Uh, yeah. With our radio network. And also, <laughs> praise God for this, uh, Fred uh, found out the last couple of weeks that we actually have uh, stations and listeners now in Alaska and Hawaii. I mean, there's right. a lot of people out there, and it's all made possible by people that donate to this ministry. Yeah. All right, next story, Chris. Uh, let's mention this because uh, it's a big update, and it does involve uh, people in California. A big update or a medium update? It's a big little... update. Okay, as updates go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, if we had some bum, 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 this right. would be bum, one of those bum, moments. Bum, bum. Uh, you got a California church that was fined over $200,000 for defying COVID-19 restrictions a couple uh-huh. of years ago. They got their fines dropped. Forgiven, not by Joe Biden, uh, but by uh, lawsuits that uh, had to go to court over these kinds of things. Where was that church? It's Calvary Chapel, San Jose. Now, there's a bunch of Calvary chapels up and down California. This is the Calvary Chapel location. It's kind of like an evangelical denomination, yes, sir. sort of. Yeah. Uh, and they were told that you've got to do all kinds of things. you got to limit uh, the number of people for in-person services. you got to do masks. Can't sing. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Was, the, that was the state government of uh, California told churches... Yeah, all right, you, you limit your number, and they, whatever the number they put mm-hmm. on them, and then you can't sing. And that, that wasn't just— Even if you're outside. That wasn't just somebody telling me personally you can't no, sing. No, no, that wasn't <laughs> a judgment of quality. Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> that this was, was them said prohibiting, that was, that was prohibiting you, singing. It, mm-hmm. Yes, that was if you sing, you're projecting uh, particles yeah. out, and those particles could uh, spread COVID, mm-hmm. so therefore no singing in church. Yeah. But let's not forget, Gavin Newsom violated his own restrictions by hanging out with his buddies at yeah, a certainly French wasn't restaurant. alone doing that. Um, but thanks to uh, people, including advocates for faith and freedom, on behalf of Calvary Chapel San Jose, they got this in court and they got the uh, government. And they won. To, they they fought back and they won. Who who won for the who was their who were their lawyers? It is an organization called Advocates for Faith and Freedom. Uh, Robert Tyler is the president. I have reached now, out to them for comments. So now was this one particular Calvary Chapel Church, or was this the denom- the uh, association? It was one particular church. That Basically, again. the two hundred thousand dollars was because of all the fines that lumped up together. It wasn't. It was like a daily one big fine. fine, right? And they claimed it was a violation of their First Amendment rights to gather and worship you know, as they fit. I fit. think we all agree. Normally. Um, I would, we would, churches should comply with the laws of the land and the laws of the state and the local, and the laws of the local community in which they live. I mm-hmm. mean, churches want to be good neighbors, right? So, but the issue was uh, much deeper than, you know, okay, church, you can't put your culvert there, right? You know, right? <laughs> or are you, you know, it was. Uh, are you, you play, can't park? You can't park in the street. That uh, kind of thing. Uh, this was the state of California, or the, through like the health department, others saying things like, uh, "You must worship you, this you, way." Well, you can't come. To, we're closing churches, mm-hmm. or you can only have fifty people. 
or, uh, or you can't sing. Well, that was a violation of the first amendment of the United States constitution. It's what that, what they were doing. And the church and that church and some others said, well, you can't tell us how to worship. You remember, there, remember there were some churches, I want to say there was a community here in our, our state of Mississippi where our uh, flagship station is located, but there were some communities that told churches, you can't even park in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. That was early on. And listen, yeah. First Liberty represented them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was early on. I think that was in the Delta somewhere, in the Mississippi Delta somewhere. It may have been Greenville, but... Mm-hmm. I, I do remember you that know, happening. The, the irony with that situation was I, I spoke to Kelly Shackford, <laughs> one of the attorneys at First Liberty, about that case, and he had mentioned how the Sonic next to the church, right. you were allowed to sit in your car and eat a hamburger, but you couldn't sit with in your the window down. Of the church. Yeah. Well, even a pandemic does not suspend the Constitution. No. Right. Although, right. Although we learned otherwise right. during well, COVID. That's true. That was a big fight. Next story, Chris. we got well, about one or two minutes left here. Do you have any... Uh, to borrow from Don McClain, do you have any happy news? Uh, that yes. was my happy news. But yeah, in, in other <laughs> happy news, give, give us some happy the cost news. of you driving around is getting a little bit cheaper. Uh, the national average for a gallon of regular gasoline today is $3.94. That is by no means well, a bargain. But yeah. a month ago, the av- the average was uh, four fifty three. Uh, this time last year, three eighteen. So now, it's, now it's is, four is, bucks. What's, what's causing that drop? Is it just... Th- past the summer months when people supposedly travel yeah triple a said yesterday that uh demand the fact that fewer people are on the road has been a big factor but biden and the biden administration would tell you it's the result uh it's also the result of him tapping into our reserves and putting more of our oil onto the market and increasing the supply that's out there so it's, hey, a, by it's the way, demand and supply uh whip topic whiplash whiplash real quick did you guys see this big water spout off the coast of destin yeah, you sent it around. I saw it. That's why that, I, I that answered is, back. NTM, yeah. NTM. It looked like a scene from The Wizard I'll of Oz. Twi- I'll, that, I'll that, Facebook the link. That is worth, uh, I don't know, Brent, have we put that on our Facebook page? I'll, I'll put okay. it in the comments, Brent. Okay, yeah. He's gonna- that, it's, a, uh, it's a water spout yesterday f- with good, f- uh, You could f- somebody, several people filmed it. <clears throat> it off, is big. Off the coast of uh, Destin. And that thing is a monster. It is. I'll tell you, almost j- just as scary as that were the lightning strikes. Either because yes, of the water yes, spout yes. or the lightning strikes. Yes. I don't. There wasn't a it, lot of people on the beach, but you, it is the is the water uh, is the water spout the same? Is it like a tornado I think over it's water? A tornado over water? Yeah. Yeah. It is big. It'll be the subject yeah. of a horror movie on Sci-Fi Network <laughs> next year. It, it was, With sharks in it. Yeah. <laughs> it was stunning and beautiful in its own way to borrow Sharknado from spout. To Bray Stevens. We'll be back. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.